0: We are using these crazy movie clips uh, from this action-packed movie summer uh, to Just to lead in to convey a message It is a shameless way just to play movie clips at church I'll be real honest with you But there's something about those those movies that just capture you And and we're going to take a part of this one today But we are going through a series that is all about how to become a part of the church And the family church, uh, Andrew alluded to it, is we're part of the capital C church all around the world. But it's important. God has designed the local church, the local place of fellowship, to be your attachment to that larger family. And so it should begin to feel like an extension of your home here. That's the environment that we've tried to create uh, it's it's the vision that's on my heart. It's the vision behind the name family church and that we would become a part of God's family But that we would really focus in on on where he's called you to be if you've ca- if you're calling family church home And so what does it mean to be a part of this place? What does it mean to be a part of what God is doing here? What does it mean to be a part of the church? Well, I believe that anybody that is a Christ follower is a part of the church by definition if you're following Jesus then then you are a part of the church but what we're talking about in these five weeks is how to be activated how to become uh at a place in your coming here that that you actually feel connected to the people here that you actually feel like something's missing when you miss a Sunday that people can tell when you're missing a Sunday and as more people come that's actually difficult to do unless We go out of our way to become a part of what God is doing here. And so we've talked about uh, we're going through five different ways that we become a part of God's church. The first week was grace. Somebody say thank you for grace. It. That's it. That's the doorway into this beautiful relationship with God. That's how you become a a child of God, an adopted son or daughter, is because Jesus paid a price for your sin that you couldn't pay. The Bible says that all of us are guilty. All of us have sinned. None of us can get to a relationship with Father God by our own righteousness, by our own works, any amount of boxes that we would ever try to check off. And just even coming to church, that's not going to do it. In order to become a part of the church, you have to say yes to following Jesus. You have to accept his forgiveness for your sins and choose to follow his truth for your life. We call that moment salvation, and then we call that walk justification or sanctification. We call it growing in Jesus, which is week number two. We talked about growing, that coming in that door, you're saved, you're in a relationship with God, but he wants you to look more like his son today than you did yesterday and he wants you to look like more he wants you to look more like jesus next year even more than you do today and so it should be a growing relationship nobody arrives at perfection definitely no preacher no no uh, saint that's gone before us but the great ones all chose to grow in their life with jesus and they put in the effort too and so that sounds a little bit like works but it's not you're choosing to partner in a relationship just like you can have multiple kinds of marriages, you can have one where there's just a very shallow relationship, or you can have one where there's intimacy. Intimacy requires effort. It requires you taking the time to, to make yourself available for that other person, whether it's your, your husband, your wife, or a close, rela- uh, close friend, or a child. If you don't make that time, there will be a lack of intimacy, and so that's what we talk about by growing. Week three, we talked about gifts. You should see a trend here. They're all start with G, We're making it easy for you. Gifts. Man, we talked about Avengers that day and just how everybody brings something to the table that is necessary for the mission that God has called us to. And so our point that week was that each and every person has been given spiritual gifts to use for your health, for your family's health, for this body's health, and to help reach the people we've been called to reach. Right so that gift that you might be keeping in your pocket or keeping on the shelf God wants you to walk in it and the local church should be a place where you get to grow in it and kind of bump your head a little bit and try it a little bit and so that might look like I feel like God is telling me something for you wow that's deep well that's scary right well you don't want to be wrong but this is the kind of place if you say it in a way like that says I just feel like God's put you on my heart. And is there something I can be praying for you or God's shown me this or or you get a you get a a, an overwhelming sense of just um, kindness towards somebody and you're ministering the love of Jesus. If people don't feel the love of Jesus when they walk in this building, why would they come? Why would you come? So it's important if you're feeling that love, it's because people are operating in their gifts. Isn't that beautiful? And so the gifts Are what we share amongst each other and and, and ourselves and and God puts one here and he puts another one here so that when we all use them, the church has everything it needs. And then we went to uh, the movie Incredibles. And we said that those things need to happen in the group that God designed this thing called Christianity following Jesus. He designed it to happen in the context of a group. We call it the local church. And that this is where you walk out your faith. The enemy wants to isolate you. And then as soon as you're on the edge, as soon as you feel like you're not communicating with the rest of your church, as soon as you start to believe the lie that nobody cares if you're there or not, you are ripe for the picking. And then it's easy to start just getting separated from people. And so God wants you to live this thing called Christianity, this this Christ-following journey that we're on, It's going to happen best. It's messy, but it's going to happen best in the context of a group. So we have grace. We have grow. We have gifts. We have group. Today is good stewardship. We have this movie, this crazy movie called Mission Impossible. What stewardship? That is a church word if I ever heard one. And most of you just put your hand on your wallet. Like, you're not getting it. not even what I'm about and and hopefully you've been around here long enough to know that stewardship is all about how you handle and manage the resources that God has given you and that and that stuff called money is is actually a very small part of of what God has given you in your life we've talked about gifts Um, your time is huge Uh, there's there's a a phrase in the church called time talent and treasure Uh, a friend of mine that goes to another church he was just expressing his frustration that how much stuff they have to pay for to, to get stuff done in their church it's a larger church so it kind of makes sense It might be an, a little more intimidating but i'm so thankful that somebody came out and donated their time to, to to spread the weeds that are trying to take over our beautiful gravel parking lot this week and somebody else came and mowed this week somebody else came and cleaned this week other people are downstairs taking care of our kids which are so precious in the eyes of jesus this morning somebody greeted you at the door somebody helped you get across the uh toll gate without getting run over um we got this amazing band other than the bass player that showed up today and and, and worked really hard to, to play to, to lead us into worship those are all volunteer hours that's, that's people giving their time and so when we look at this movie my favorite thing is about these movies is tom cruise's character is all in every resource that's at his disposal he places it up to his own body on the table and says i'm going to give it all to see this thing through i'm not going to hold back because here's the thing just showing up here won't really build you into a, a a meaningful part of the church and, and I don't mean that it by any offense and I love it if you just show up I, I'm, I'm happy that you're here but God wants you to have a deeper connection to the people around you and he wants you to have a deeper connection to the mission that he's called his church to and that mission is going to be accomplished together as a body and so we have these five roles uh, that that's, that step us into this place uh, called following jesus. So this stewardship sounds like this It says I will steward the resources. God has given me in ways that align with the wisdom and guidelines found in the scripture So what we're talking about is when you Walk into following jesus and when you begin to grow in this you start to align your resources With what scripture tells you to use them for That's what it is. It's using it's using every ability everything that, that god puts into you becomes available to do his work which is which is just awesome can we go
1: to philippians 4 (coughs) excuse me gotten great feedback on this series and and it's it's meant the world to me this is this is so good
0: because it's practical it's about how we can engage and make a difference and i just don't want to play church It's it's it doesn't do me any good. It doesn't do my neighbors any good. It doesn't do my kids any good. I want to be a part of what God is doing. Right. Okay, Uh, So we're going uh, Philippians chapter four. And we're going to go to verse 11 and I'm going to read through verse 19. Not that I was ever in need. For I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me from Epaphroditus, is what we're going to say there. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And get verse 19. And this same God who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches with which we have been given to us in Christ Jesus. This is one of the, just one of the great passages of Scripture, and uh, there's a couple in there that are kind of like uh, sports. You know, you see s- certain things written on helmets or, or Tim Tebow's guyliner down here, you know, and uh, I can do all things. But it's a part of a larger s- set of things here, and it's about knowing that god is going to take care of you and knowing where your resources come from and knowing that if you're at the bottom of a well that you're at the top of a mountain that god is carrying you it's it's about knowing your source knowing your supply and knowing that as long as you have connection to that you can do everything he's called you to do it's an amazing set of scriptures i've uh, had the privilege of of doing um, gosh a bunch of weddings at this point And uh, in the marriage vows I use, this phrase is in there. And it says, I will bring, I will give my best resources to this marriage. And I love that phrase because every time I see a marriage in trouble, there's hurt feelings, there's all kinds of things that happen, but then what happens in that situation is then people start to hold back Their resources to the other person and so it begins a spiral of offense and then you're not giving of yourself to the marriage and it quickly unravels and if you've not had this happen in your own house you're blessed Uh, you've had you've seen this up close in somebody's life I guarantee you and and as a pastor that's walked with people in hard times all I keep trying to encourage them is to begin to give again to the marriage Begin to try to jumpstart that cycle, right? Begin to give your best, even if the marriage is not a life-giving source to you. Because just giving your resources back can begin to build this cycle of contentment. So here's the thing. Marriage isn't the big point today, but it's a great illustration because it it affects uh, all of us are affected by it. When you see, I like this illustration, God gave it to me on another message about marriage, but when you see the cute little old couple holding hands and they actually still look like they like each other
1: 50 years later, what's the secret? Did all of their problems go away?
0: No, the ones you had in your 20s just change out for different ones that you get in your 60s. That's, that's, I don't say that to depress you, but there's always going to be storms. There's always going to be trouble. Did either the husband or wife arrive at the perfect idea of spouse that the other person had? Did one of them just be like really become the perfect woman, the perfect man? No, if anything I'm getting grouchier as I get older. I was talking with Adam Todd about that this morning. I'm way ahead of schedule in becoming a grumpy old man. Way ahead of schedule.
1: What's the secret? The secret is contentment. At some point, that
0: couple decided to be happy with who the other person is, happy with who they were themselves,
1: and happy with the situation that they called their life. That, that's huge because all of a sudden you're not concerned about what that person is
0: doing or not doing and they still may irritate you to some degree i have no problems right now she's in california (laughs) she has no problems man no she's the best but we've chosen in our house to and we forget this at times but we've chosen to be content we've chosen to be content with what's in our bank account We've chosen to be content with where we live. We've chosen to be content with our children. But that comes with a choice because if you're not content, this is why this matters for this message.
1: If you're not content, then you hold back on your resources. Right? As soon as a
0: situation isn't life-giving to you or it's exactly what you want or not making you happy, you begin to pull back. This is a natural thing. It can happen in a church. It can happen in a, in a friendship. It's probably happened with friendships you've had. It can happen in a, in, uh, with your children. And you watch this thing grow cold and, and people pull back. Contentment is the key to giving Your best, because if you believe that your needs are going to be met. At the end of the day, by the hand of God, then that frees you up to stop worrying about you. And opens up your eyes to the people and the needs around you. If you believe that you're going to be okay, Then it just lets your guard down and you begin to love easier to the people around you that may not deserve it today, (laughs) right? So what can the family church do? What could we do if all of us brought our best resources to the party? Good stuff's happening because people are giving their resources. Uh, It's happening. I just rattled off a bunch of volunteers. The money keeps coming in to pay our bills. Um, Pay me, thank you. Uh, This is good. There's been times in our five-year history where that's been really sketchy. As, as we've just kind of like a toddler just getting on our feet and, and kind of claiming the space that God has called us to claim as family church and to reach the people God has called us to reach. I've learned in these last five years, and God is keep he will keep showing me this, it doesn't matter, it matters if I'm obedient, but in order for this vision to be successful, it requires the church to be obedient. I can't win Pickerington on my own. I can't make a difference and, and try to run this place, especially now as we keep growing. The success of this place, is, is, it's going to come down to a whole lot of people saying yes to what God is calling them to. And, and, and that's from the red box in the back with your, with your, with your offerings to, to signing up for things. And it's so exciting to see those uh, Put Me In Coach cards come in, and we'll talk about that more later. We have these resources Time, talent, and treasure. Here's three uh, phrases I want you to get this morning.
1: I've got something to give. I should give. I'm going to give.
0: Three very different things. I have something to give. I should give. I'm going to give. What does that matter? Here's the thing. So many people get stuck in a place that say, I wish I could give. Because all you're thinking about is that red box and you know there's no money left after paying your bills this month. This, this month. That's real, right? Somebody nod their head and be honest with me. That's real. That's not all we're talking about. And even then, there's probably something you could, but that's, that's not the point of what, of what I'm talking about here. There's a story in 1 uh, Kings where the prophet Elijah, he goes to a widow's house and he asks her, he's hungry, he's been traveling, he asks her to make him a meal. And he's not asking for much, he's asking for bread and, and something to drink. He's, he's, he's happy with whatever they have. She tells him something like this. She says, I have just a little bit of flour left, just a little bit of oil left. I have enough for my son and I to have our last meal and then we're basically... We're basically dead after that there's there's no more food and I don't believe she was being dramatic I believe this was the honest state of affairs for her home But elijah asked this great question And jesus would ask it later when it, when he feeds the 5,000 with a few loaves and fishes. He says what do you have? And just like we said in gifts Oh, man, I wish I was gifted like so-and-so. Then I'd, then I'd really serve. I, oh, man, if, if, I, if I had their income, oh, man, you better believe I'd be, I'd be giving. Oh, if I could sing like Catherine, you bet I'd be up there. If, if I could, you know, we, we put our eyes on somebody else's gifts, and, and we, we, we act like our cupboards bare. And the message that week was God's given you something to use. Use it. And this this part of this message is there's something you have to share, something you have to give. What do you have? And so, so many people get stuck. Well, if I only had something. Well, you have something. And then here's another place where people get stuck. I should give. I I know I should. Well, I should help little old ladies across the street. Doesn't mean I'm going to every time, right? You have to take action on top of the, of the knowledge of what the truth is. I know that I should give. Well, good. I should give. There's needs. Are there needs here? You bet. Let me tell you just a few. We've got two couples that have been recently engaged, and they want to get married in this place next year. Is that awesome? That's awesome. Now I'll tell you what isn't awesome. They want to do their receptions in the nasty basement. (laughs) Only if it's not nasty. Well, there's about 20 grand between nasty basement and nice enough basement for a reception. Right? So that's got to come over and above of taking care of our regular bills and stuff. But I believe that can come in before next spring and we can have that ready. I really believe it's possible. And I've told both couples that. I said, I can't guarantee it. I I can't print the money. I would if I could. But I'm seeing extra come in. I mean, our building was given to us. Do you think we can believe for a basement? Absolutely. Somebody came forward and took care of, uh, got our gravel lot updated, that the weeds are fighting. Can you tell I'm happy about those weeds out there? That gravel looks so good for two weeks.
1: Oh, my gosh. Anyways, we're working on it. Okay, I got distracted. Here's another thing. The most important thing that we can do to
0: reach families in this community is if they show up here, most of them are going to come with little guys. And our kids' ministry is awesome. But can I tell you that for a family that comes with children, that what happens downstairs is more important than anything we do up here. And right now, we have to have our older kids in with us on the first Sunday of the month because we don't have enough teachers that will come on time and serve. That, that distresses me a little bit because that's one of the easier things we can do. And I know it's a challenge. Oh, man, those kids are crazy. Yep, they are. But Ms. Nicole's going to walk with you, get you the resources, uh, and, and help you have a great time. Think about the teacher that meant the most to you in your life, or the adults. Was it the eloquence of their words? Was it that they knew how to pronounce, if it was a Sunday school teacher, was it the fact that they knew how to say whatever that word I couldn't say earlier, epaphroditus? It's embarrassing to stumble over something like that. And so I've heard people say, well, I I really don't want to, I don't know enough to teach kids. What do you remember about the teachers and adults that stick out to you? What did they do? They loved you. They talked to you. They played with you. They put their arm around you. They prayed with you. They taught you songs or whatever else. That's what we're doing down there. We're just loving on kids, and nobody needs to be a Bible scholar. We've got great curriculum. We'll background check you. We've got a lot of people. But I believe that we can develop our kids' ministry to reach the people that God has called us to reach. And, and nobody should be down there every week. But it, it, it should be okay for, for us to plug in down there every once, once a month or so, show up when Miss Nicole asks you to, and love on kids for a couple hours, make a difference in their life. We can change the world, right? Absolutely Uh, something else going on hospitality. We've got a great group of people that are spending time out front if you know how to shake hands I mean a lot of dogs can do that That was cruel I'm not bringing Fergie in. Okay, that's my little useless cockapoo, but she will shake hands Okay, if you will shake hands and smile we do require, you know, not a "Mm, welcome to church. You got to pretend you're happy but what does that say when you walk into church and you've got somebody happy to see you holding the door for you and smiling Dave with the stop sign out there? We got a couple people helping him. That's awesome, right? That says we care about them and that they're coming in and, and that they're important to us, that we're happy to see them. None of this is faked, by the way. This is just us acting out how we feel inside. But we have to move from I should do something to I am going to do something. And most of you in here, Almost everybody in here is volunteering somewhere. I just, I want to throw fuel on the fire that this is a place that just grabs, runs at opportunities and, and just loves. I want to be the most loving church on the planet. Is, is that okay to wish for? That's, that's what I want, that this, we should live up to our name, okay? That's the vision. we got to be who God has called us to be. I'm going to give. Uh, Andrew mentioned those put-me-in coach cards. Fill it out. If, if something new crosses your mind, then, then fill it out again. And we're trying to follow up on everybody well. If, if, if you've gotten missed or something like that, just please reach out. We're, we're growing. We're figuring all this stuff out.
1: We'll plug you in. Listen to these verses. We talked about contentment.
0: But he goes back and he says, in verse 15, he says, As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help
1: when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. Paul was not afraid of work. His story is crazy. He, just, he lived the craziest
0: life ever, shipwrecked, beat, whatever. He didn't care what he had to do. He was the Tom Cruise. He was the Mission Impossible guy of the New Testament. Send me on whatever you think can't happen, and it's going to happen or I'll be dead. That was, that was Paul's motto. I mean, that's just what he did. He would also work. He's known to be a tent maker, and he would make his own money and make his own living. But what he's saying here is that the gospel reached you because somebody else gave, and then I was able to go reach another town because you guys gave. Isn't that beautiful? God gives us this vision, which he's given for our church to welcome people home, to be a, a place to f- to encounter the living God, uh, to become a part of a family. That's it's it's what this series is talking about. And then to find the plan that God has for you. And part of it is serving at the local church, but then he's going to open up your, your eyes and your ears and doors for you so that you can see how he wants to use you wherever he is set up for you. But those resources, he owns everything, and yet he chooses for resources to pass from hand to hand based on the obedience of the person that has it. Somebody had to say yes to buying this church? Holy moly. Somebody had to say yes for Somebody just sent in the next three months that, uh, for the kids downstairs. Nicole uses about $100 a month for supplies and stuff. Somebody asked how much it costs down there. Said, I, I, God told me to give three months. That's awesome. And is the person who gave hundreds of thousands any more meaningful to God than the person who said yes to 300 That's what Jesus teaches. We get our eyes stuck on what, what I don't have or how much Somebody else has and God says you have something you should give something. Will you give something? Isn't that beautiful? God wants us to be a part of his church. No matter what the resources are He's made available in your life and he has no problem with what that looks like. He's not he's not embarrassed of you He's not overly proud of somebody else He sees his church Living out the mission that he has called them to. And what does this look like in our lives? I can tell you this, that as you begin
1: to walk in generosity and contentment with God. The spillover into your other relationships
0: is immense. Because all of a sudden your soul is at peace. Peace. You know that God is going to take care of you. And then when, he, when you see somebody else with a need, it, it, it becomes easy. I, I can't tell you how. I still struggle sometimes, but when I'm in the zone with the Lord, it is so easy to, to just, oh, yeah, I can help you do that. The generosity just becomes a, a, a natural expression of who I am because my spirit is content. I'm not worried about me. And that's our human nature is to worry about me and mine you know, my four, no more, and, and those, those are, we're supposed to take care of the people that God gave us, but at some point, I had to make a decision whether I thought I could be the one to meet my family's needs, or if it was going to be God's, and I'm just supposed to be obedient and be along for the ride, and I've watched him meet our family's needs over and over again. I, I, we live better than we ever should And it's just a miracle to watch him just pour grace out on on people's lives. And that's what he wants us to be a part of. And he chooses people to be the conduit to go to other people. He said, you you guys were the ones that gave me money to go to the next town. Thank you. I'm not I'm not saying this to ask for more. I'm just saying thank you. You pushed the gospel one step further. You didn't let it stop with you. This is how we move forward and follow Christ. The temptation for us always is going to be to isolation and for us to pull back to ourselves. And it's the more you put yourself out there, you are exposing yourself, right? And so if you help down with kids, you might have a crazy kid on a Sunday. And I mean, and it could be mine. Actually, mine are all too old. So they, they put their time in. You might have a kid wear you out. You might have a, another adult that you have to work with just want to do it differently and may, may frustrate you. you. You may work on a, I've gone to mission trips and, and, if, and you end up close to other people. And just like when you're close to people, you kind of, ah, that person's a little weird or a lot weird and, and uh, that's gotta be okay. So when you expose yourself,
1: you are risking those bumps and bruises. But the other side of that is that every time you walk in this room, you feel like you're coming
0: home. And you see that person, and you know what to ask them about. You, you, they know what to ask you about. They check on you if you're missing. You check on them if they're missing. You find out what's going on. You know that you hear that they're out of work, and, and, and you're dropping them off groceries. I, whatever it happens All of a sudden, those things become natural because your hearts have been bonded together. And I love the part of we took the takeaway from last week that God wants to build his church around a table. It's not going to happen with all of you guys just facing me. And I I love this part and we should receive good teaching uh, any any way the Lord brings it to us. But I loved it when Catherine closed in prayer and I couldn't hear you all sing this morning. But you all go crazy at greeting time. I mean, this place erupts with noise because you all are happy to say hi to each other. The church is built, your spirit's built in worship, but let me tell you something, the church is built when you take the time to hug somebody else and say, I'm glad to see you here this morning. And then if you start to find out what's going on in their life and you pray over them, we've prayed over a couple people the last couple weeks after church on Sunday, and it's powerful, it's available for you. We've got a prayer team that's getting developed, and you're going to start seeing people stand up here at the end of service. It is not a walk of shame to come up and ask for somebody to pray with you. The smart people will ask for prayer, okay? I have had so many people pray with me over different things in my life, and it's powerful when somebody agrees with you and, and prays against things that are coming at you, whether it's a sickness or you're just, uh, you're just needing a touch from the Lord. And so Jason and April Romine are developing that team. You'll see people up here today. That's just one more step of people saying yes to being a part of this church. And I want this place, God wants this place to be a healthy place, right? Because if we all bring our best to the table, your needs are going to be met, my needs are going to be met, and there will be an overflow that can reach the community around us. Does that sound like something you want to be a part of? Come on, does that sound like something you want to be a part of? I do. This, we've got a big vision, we've got a big God, and all he's waiting on is for us to say yes to it. And so a lot of us have been saying it, but I believe that God wants us to accelerate that as we begin to make a, a, an impact in this community. Can we pray this morning? God, I thank you for this series. God, I thank you for grace. God, I thank you that that's the doorway into your heart, God, and you paid it because you want to be in relationship with us. And God, I thank you that after we go through that door of grace uh, that that we call the blood of Jesus, God, where he laid down his life and love for us, God, I thank you that you want us to grow. God, that you want us to become strong in our faith and strong in relationships and strong in you. And so, God, I thank you that we would, as individuals, as families, and as the family church, God, that we would take steps to grow healthier as Christ followers.
1: God, I thank you for your gifts. God, I thank you that you didn't just
0: give us vision, an assignment without the power to do it. We, don't have to, we can't conjure this up and we can't make this happen any more than our own salvation. God, this vision, this mission you've called us to, it requires supernatural gifts and power, and your word says you've made those available to us. God, each of us has spiritual gifts that you want shared with the family church and with the world around us. God, I thank you that you called us to follow you in the context of a group. God, I thank you for family church. God, I thank you that it's going to be an extension of 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 what you've called heaven to be god where our hearts are together where we're in unity god where we're doing mission together where we're taking care of each other and god i thank you that there's a better way to handle our resources god there's a reason why you lead us in your word to give financially there's a reason why you put us on mission God, just like a great marriage, may we bring our best resources to the table. If you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never said yes to his grace, his forgiveness of your sins, if you've never said yes to following him, I want to pray with you today. If today's your day to say yes to following Jesus, would you raise your hand where you're at? It's the moment of salvation where you accept him for who he is and you thank him for taking you as you are. And then you begin the journey of a lifetime. Is that anyone in here this morning? This series has been a challenge. It's been a challenge to me personally, even though I've devoted my life to the ministry of Christ. It still challenges me. Am I bringing my best? If God is leading you and you want to be a part, you want to be an active part of His church. And many of you already are, but I just want you to affirm it this morning. Would you raise your hands with me and say, God, I'm so thankful I want to be a part of your church. God, your resources have come and reached me and I, I want to do my part to reach somebody else. I want to do my part. Those hands are beautiful. Your hearts are beautiful. Father God, receive this gift. It's a sacrifice we don't do out of obligation. It's a choice we make out of love. Out of a grateful heart, out of a content heart that says, I know I'm taken care of. I want to give myself away. Make a difference. God will use you. It's one of those automatic yeses from heaven. God, use me. You got it. He will. Let's stand and worship this morning as we close. Let's just celebrate the name of Jesus.